Dom and Andre in the morning. Hey, human beings. I'm Dom. I'm Andre. And you're listening to Dom and Andre in the morning podcast where we are watching every single episode of the hit TV show Community. Today we are talking about the 36th episode of the show. That's season two, episode 11, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. So the 11th episode in season two, and the 36th overall. Uh, we will get to that in just a bit, but first of all, it's been a long two months or so Yeah, s- since since we've recorded a new episode of this show. Certainly. So it turns out it turns out you actually can disappoint a podcast. And we did. Yeah, or Very at least so. at least all the listeners of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Though, weirdly, like, the numbers uh, of people, you know, and this has just contributed to my guilt of not making episodes, the number of people following the pod accounts, even when they've had, like, not zero activity, but, like, not a lot of activity, and I'm not, like, engaging with people like hasn't really slowed down like people seem to still be like listening to the backlog yeah it turns out more people are interested when we aren't speaking i i know it's almost like my toxic twitter shtick has has been pushing people away you know i've been thinking about a lot of tweet uh, uh, about a tweet that happened like two months ago and now there's now there's some distance from it so i can't even like call out who it was but I think there's, like, a subset of people who have, like, heard this podcast and they, like, feel like it's not focused enough and just, like, don't get into the part where we attempt to do, like, literary analysis of of this TV show. Because I think people think this is, like, bait, like, that, that it's just, like, community-themed, but we don't actually talk about it. Oh. Like, that seems... Like, it's it's the kind of thing where, like... People are still, like, people who watch Community are still too, like, positive to, like, directly be be a bit of a dick about it. But, like, I think we've got haters. Nice. Who just think we don't, like, talk about the show enough. Well, we sure showed them. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of meta. This is about, no, I guess this is about our show. It's not really about the show Community. But our show is about Community. So by proxy, it's still, it's still kind of about Community, I'd say. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's that's how that works. But I think, you know, as a re uh, as a restatement of the mission statement, I've had a lot of time to think about this over two months. I think this is a show about me trying to not be a hater and and just like something, even if that means criticizing it more. I think that's what I think that that's what this is about. This is about me trying to enjoy something. Okay. Yeah. That's I think the the mission statement. And then I guess me me all me trying to get you to like it as well. Yeah. Maybe you trying to get me to like it. I don't I don't know. It's kind of all entangled in that way. So so what have you been up to these uh in in our absence? Where have you been? Oh, uh, well, you know, moved to the other side of Toledo. Ah, uh, yes, across the Toledo Bay. Mhm. Well, that's exciting. And that's pretty much it. Not to burst like my bubble of like anonymity, uh, but I do have a new title now. Oh, are you gonna start using that? Is that gonna be? I don't think there's. Well, there's no real title associated with it, right? I'm I'm kind of vamping because I'm hoping I can like think of a joke and not actually have to have to just say what actually happened in my life. You know, there's no a prefix for it. It's just like a full. If anything, it's a suffix. 
it's like my name and then comma uh what a, a phd candidate you know it's just like uh uh halfway basically but like slightly more than that right yeah uh, sure slightly maybe we'll, we'll see about that wouldn't it be crazy if like i just outed i was like yeah actually guys <laughs> this, what if i was like this is my dissertation like you guys thought I was just like doing this podcast for fun, but actually I'm like a, I'm like a media researcher. Oh, the long con. Yeah, I'm gonna start tying in like uh, I'm gonna be like this is a materialist dialectical approach to analysis of the TV show Community. I wouldn't listen to it. Well, you don't listen to it to begin with. Good point. I'm not. I'm not really. Now, what's a podcast concept that you would listen to? You know, they say you're supposed to make what you listen to, or make what you want to listen to. What would you want to listen to? I don't know. Like, would you just listen to, like, soothing train noises? Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. Do you think we should incorporate that more? Probably, yeah. How's your room temperature these days? What do you mean? <laughs> Is it going to be warm this summer? Are you going to be, like, standing next to an AC? No. No. No? They've got central air on this side of the on the city <laughs> in these parts yeah i don't I, I feel like uh i feel like we used to have so much to talk about week to week and now it's been two months and i, I got nothing i don't feel like anything has happened yeah though i guess you might be I, this might be like what if this was like your will and testament what if the chinese rocket does hit you tomorrow now i don't think this is going to be out on time because of our new approach to editing but at least it's it's going to be out. I can say that we've done the episode. But but so you could be dead when this comes out, really. I could be. Yeah, very well. Very well could and, be. And we're kind of... Well, I guess we would already be dating the podcast in that case. You were talking on a recording. Now I can, like, sell this for a million dollars and be like, oh, yeah, this is his last... This was his last great work. Hold on. Let me check what my latitude is here. See if I'll uh, actually have a chance. Why would that... Oh, do they do they kind of have an idea of where it's going yet? Uh, they know like it will be between forty one and a half degrees north and forty one and a half degrees south. Okay, because I was gonna say I didn't, you know, I didn't too carefully look at the article. They were making it sound like this thing could just land anywhere. Yeah, it could, but like like seventy five percent of the area that could land is ocean. The other twenty five percent is like the continental United States and Europe. So. Oh, great. Okay. So what's what's in the blast zone in the U.S.? I think everything between, like, south of Chicago. Oh, okay. Well, we're fine. Yeah. Wait. Latitude is east-west, right? Yeah. Longitude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so everything south of a certain latitude line. I think well, it's like, like everything between, like, Chicago and Brazil. Huh. Well, yeah, maybe... You know, who knows? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. That's why we must record the podcast today. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, I haven't really kept up. Can everyone, like, send me, someone write me an email of everything that's happened, like, on community Twitter in the last, like, two months? That's what I'm most behind on. I know mostly otherwise what's going on in the world. Uh... But you guys, you guys are going to hear from me less and less. I'm going to be, you know, cashing out my, I'll say it the way everyone wants me to say it, Dogecoin riches. Actually, I feel like I shouldn't talk about that. I feel like it's like, uh, 
It's like, I don't want to tell anyone if I won the lottery. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't tell you if I won the Powerball. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you either. I'm not even going to give you the money from this podcast. Yeah, I know, I know that, so <sighs> I've just accepted that. <laughs> Which, okay, it's not like a lot of money in any real sense, but it's more money than I expected to make, I guess, this fast. Short of, like, getting a sponsorship, which it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Probably not now. Um, maybe on, like, whatever the second iteration of this podcast is, when we're talking about... I don't know. I just imagine this becoming an extremely political podcast, like, afterwards. What, after we're in the, in the real world, after... After we finish yes. the, the world of community. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And then... Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, with all this running out the clock we're doing, the, the movie will come out, and then we can, like, culminate, talk about the movie, which I assume will be, like, 2027. Um, and then we can just, like, rise to stardom as, uh, like, left-wing commentators. Yeah. I'm going to try and become a contestant on... Uh, john michael higgins game show but oh true well i mean really we're you know you're we're hoping that john michael higgins game show will be jeopardy it's the goal now he is campaigning to be the jeopardy host but lavar burton is actually already selected to be one of the hosts oh okay well you know i'm i'm john michael yeah. higgins biggest fan but yeah, I do feel like we need to leverage the fact that John Michael Higgins follows us on Twitter somehow, just because that's the only person of any note that follows us on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know how. I think I think he probably has the most followers of anyone who. There's one other person who's close who I won't call out because they're not like a celebrity per se. I don't know if they listen or not, but they do tweet at us. Like I said before, today we're talking about Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, 36 overall, 11th in Season 2. And this is, um, you know, there's another reason we're putting this off, which is, you know, it's ironic that I was just saying I'm trying to, like, not be a hater. Um, because I think I think it's out in the world already. We both, both just, like, don't like this episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I vote we, we postpone again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, let's see what to say about it. So, so obviously this is an extremely beloved episode, although only as an 8.8 .8 on IMDb. 8.8 .8 out of 10. Which seems, that's like actually pretty low for an episode in season two. Um, it's obviously like one of the few like non live action episodes like i i don't know what to to note about it other than yeah it's it's the claymation episode i mean it's obviously a tribute to like uh rudolph what what is that what is the studio that makes rudolph called um like the Rankin Bass. That's what it is. It was made in the style of Rankin Bass stop motion. Yeah, it's right here on Wikipedia. So, and I think to that end, 
it's a successful episode, right? Like, you know, we don't, we don't have to like harp on this the whole time. Like, obviously like they get the Rankin Bass vibe down, but like weirdly that kind of annoys me. I can't, I can't explain it. Like all of like, I think it doesn't help that all of the character designs feel extremely creepy in this episode. Yeah. Like none of them are quite right. Like they all, they all kind of disturb me. So it's like, it sucks because I know that, I mean, this is like real claymation. I mean, this, the, the production code on this is two, 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 and that's the 11th episode. So I assume this took a long ass time to make. I don't even really understand how they got it out for Christmas. If it was produced so late that that doesn't make sense to me, but it's just really, really unfortunate that it's already starting from such an off-putting place. And I know this is like painstaking to make, like it probably took so much work to like claymate this, but for more reasons that we'll get into, I, f I find it to be such a disappointing episode. Um, it's directed by Duke Johnson, who I'm not familiar with that name. I think this is his must be his first direction credit of the series. Oh well, I guess of course because it's claymation, so they would have it wouldn't be a traditional director. It's probably his only credit, I assume. Let's see what he let's see uh, what else he does. Oh, he worked on. I'm thinking of ending things. Have you seen that movie? Um, it's this like weird. Uh, charlie kaufman film it's not worth getting into <laughs> okay so yeah he's like the he's like the animation boy um and it's written by dino's uh, i've never actually tried to say his name uh, stamatopoulos aka starburns and uh and dan Harmon himself and it aired on december 9 2010 originally so <laughs> this episode should have come out pretty close to that date originally, but uh, a little, little bit behind now. I think we're staunchly out of the Christmas season. Um, Yeah, do you have anything to add about it before we just watch the thing? No. All right. Let's, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to stop it before the theme song. So just just talking through the intro here um because i i think here we know we're in agreement from the start like this is such a memorable episode so i want to like give it kudos for what it does well but i feel like i also want to lay out the argument of why it irks me and like why i think they could have done it a lot better like it starts off with I feel like at first it's like, oh, whoa, like it's animated. Like what's, although did you tell did you say that you skipped this when you saw it was animated? No, I think I just didn't pay attention. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, okay. This is like maybe a bit that's going to go on for, for a little bit, but it's like, it starts off with good humor. Like, you know, the joke about that there's little zones where they can celebrate different holidays it's like a good play on like the Dean, like trying to be, trying to be like so sensitive 
to things that he's actually like extremely insensitive uh and that's like effectively executed but i think and i think even like most of the jokes work here but the issue is it you can tell this is like done in a booth because it's not edited quite right like they're responding to each other too fast it feels like every joke like doesn't get its like second to breathe because there's no natural comedic timing to it which is like a danger you face in animation it's basically they're all just like shouting jokes over each other and then the only kind of moment that gets to breathe a little bit is when abed says Oh, is that why we're all stop motion? And then Jeff says, "Oh, we should just ignore it." I, th- I think it's not like it's the animation itself that freaks me out. I I cannot overemphasize that enough. Something about the particular way it almost reminds me of like Coraline or something. Like it, I I've never liked like the creepy animation, and I feel like they tried to make this cute, but like landed on creepy. It's like how, like, like Wallace and Gromit, like, Wallace is kind of weird looking, but, like, in a good way. And these are just creepy. Yes, yeah. It's like, like, Abed's design is alright, but, like, Jeff is horrible. Like, Jeff really freaks me out. Um, actually, you know, surprisingly, one that doesn't freak me out? Uh, Pierce. Yeah. Pierce Pierce actually if this whole episode was about Pierce I don't think it would bother me that much I like that he's still in the chair <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they've even like added a little like tube that he breathes into I wonder it it is so interesting that they carry that through the whole season even the claymation episode it's like when did they decide to do that like are they like, this is a way we can get Chevy Chase to like leave us alone more often? Or maybe they're just like, yeah, yeah, Chevy won't move around so much. If... <laughs> be so be so annoying if he's stuck in this wheelchair all season. Alright, so then we get into the theme song. The alternate theme song is kind of fun, but I think it hit me while watching the theme song. What the animation reminds me of? It reminds me of Robot Chicken in in like the worst possible way i've never seen robot chicken but what really yeah i feel like that was like one of those things that people made me like watch at sleepovers it's like you guys want to hang out and watch this weird tv show it's like the humor is like south park but worse or like robot chicken is something that like people like sharing clips of on like the proto streaming internet oh wait yeah i have seen that yeah Yeah, just like the worst type of humor and it's just like really intentionally like janky animation it's kind of like the claymation version of like south park and just the way the characters move has always irked me celebrity death match that's what it looks like what is okay now i'm not familiar with that it's uh celebrity deathmatch what i've never heard of this this looks like robot chicken are you sure this isn't 
It might have been like before. Is it like the same people? Um. Oh God, dude, this like oh, I feel like this is unlocking something deep inside of me. Like looking at these pictures of celebrity deathmatch. This style of, because I think it was like when the internet was like starting to come around, and you could like go on YouTube and see what was like you know, really unregulated compared to, like, even what you would see late at night on cable. Um, it's, like, everyone gravitated towards this, like, disgusting, crass, like, hyper-gory, like, type of content that is just so, like, mid-2000s, and I think has just aged so disgustingly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think I really think this episode is like reminding me of that. Because even when they taser Abed here, the bit could maybe be funny, but the grossness of like seeing the claymation doll like get tasered reminds me way too much of that type of shit. Like that celebrity deathmatch type of shit. Mm-hmm. You were kind of laughing at the sad sad quick christmas song yeah, just the lyrics yeah <laughs> i think it's nice that it i i always think when danny pooty sings it sounds kind of nice like i i re- i always really like listening to the song from like environmental science when they, oh, when they do somewhere out there like him and troy mm-hmm. um i always like listening to that but, uh, but yeah, there's like the little therapy scene, which like brings up another question of like, how is Duncan a research professor at a community college? Yeah. Maybe he's trying to be. Well, also that's the other thing here. I guess this is the first Duncan appearance in season two. I think I know it's been a while, so you probably don't remember, but, or no, 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 wait. See, see, I should have read up before this. No, I'm, I guess because he teaches anthropology, so he's he's in that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's not around that much in this season, right? No, I don't think so. I just feel like I feel like you're the more studied uh, Duncan scholar. I have I no like memory of the last okay. time he was there. We're start we're starting fresh. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but I think I think he's not he's obviously not in as much. I mean, he just tends to randomly disappear. I assume, you know, uh it was much easier to write him in for like a voice booth appearance, which he could probably do from anywhere. And then uh yeah, so there's that whole thing. It's like that Duncan wants to publish about this and Britta and Jeff are trying to get him help. And I think that's uh pr- Brenda and Jeff are just, like, so gross here, but I'll try to not focus on that. Um, the whole Abed and Chang scene is honestly, like, really good to me. It's got the funny little <laughs> sad quick Christmas song bit, which, like, I think nails, like, recreating the genre while also, like, kind of making fun of it. And then just gets, like, a little joke about fondling Chang in. So I gotta ask you, what what do you think the third button in this case is? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, do you think that, I guess that could just be, 
be the pants button. It could be. Or, you know, something something below that. So uh, Abed goes back to the study room there. He's greeted by, you know, an intervention. Pierce says surprise, but the real surprise was that he said surprise. I think Duncan, like, hypnotizes Abed. I think he's, uh, yeah, I mean, tries to. He tries to. I don't think he needs to. I think he could just... No, no I think I think Abed's there already. Yeah. And then they travel through the outer Christmas space, passing planets Holly and Jolly, landing on planet Abed, where Abed turns some of them into very creepy toys. It's where paused on the Jeff in the box. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, all cops does include the Troy soldier. I hate to inform you. Oh, no. The Troy, <laughs> unfortunately, the Troy soldier is, is canceled. I don't know. I don't like the pure steady brain. Oh, see, I was going to say, I think the pure steady bear is actually my favorite. I don't like that. It's something's but the white hair yeah see again it's jeff and Britta that pissed me off the most here like ballerani like yeah whatever that's fine troy soldier's fine i like the pierce teddy bear uh wizard duncan is pretty good john oliver really just brings it in this episode in general like abed and and john oliver or like danny pooty and john oliver are fine here I mean, I, I do hate the Shirley baby, oh, just yeah. on concept, yeah. not even on animation style. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Shirley doesn't like it much either. No. But I don't I don't really understand why Shirley's a baby. Like, I, I don't know. Is that a trope, even? I have no idea. I really don't feel like it is. Everything else feels Christmassy. I guess babies are Christmassy in a way. Just like baby Jesus. I mean, I guess they're all things you could get as a gift. A baby? A baby doll, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Alright, yeah, yeah. I guess I've, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's like, like uh, you know, Land of Misfit Toys. So, okay, fair. I think the, the the style's starting to grow on me. It's just Jeff and Britta that just see. That's what I'm saying. I I like the more I focus on Abed and on Duncan, I can start to appreciate it a lot more. And so I think because this is what I I watched all the Christmas episodes at Christmas uh, this past year, and I remembered liking the end more than I thought. But I feel like it's I don't like the beginning a lot. And it's because Jeff and Britta are in it too much. I just don't want to look at it. They made Jeff's forehead like comically large. And they made him into the creepiest toy. Yeah, those little hands. Like that's... That's (laughs) the tiny little hands. That's like my sleep paralysis monster. (laughs) It's just like Joel McHale at the edge of my bed as a... (laughs) As a jack-in-the-box. Alright, so... Kind of a lot happens here, but I... 
I did get a bit immersed. And I, I wanted to to make it through the whole sort of, uh, you know, drop off in Planet Abed first song to through. So we lose Shirley and then we lose Jeff. They're getting picked off one by one. Uh, and then there were none style. Well, I guess, is this, I, I think this is also like, uh, this is like, it's been a while since I've like watched Rudolph straight through, but I think this is like straight out of Rankin Bass. And I think, I think it, it's kind of interesting story-wise that I do like that they get at this, like, okay, why did he pick each of these identities for each of them? And I think this is the interesting part of the episode. It picks apart Abed in a way that, like, it shows clearly Abed is weird and is having, you know, some sort of mental episode in, in truth, um, which it's easy to get distracted from because we're seeing it through Abed's world. But Abed is like still kind of manipulating everyone else because everyone is getting swept up in their own negative qualities. You know, Shirley uh, saying... You know, Shirley is angry about being a baby and thus, like, kind of proving the point of being a baby. And I I guess, like, I mean, Jack in the Box is, like, is it just, like, a play on, like, Jeff being a jackass? Yeah. I think so. I guess that's, or, like, a jester. Like, he's just, he's just, like arrogant and like foolish i guess is is how i would take it because you know again it's like it's doing this sort of trope that they do in community where it's like each character's arc is unveiling their worst quality basically uh like jeff is unable to engage with being sincere and thus like hurts people by extension which at this point in season two, he clearly openly cares about, but just is still too much of a douche at his core to to just say that, um, even though he clearly wants to be there for Abed. I've never understood what is the real life equivalent that is supposed to be going on is is. Are they throwing Jeff out of the room? <laughs> think so. It feels like everyone is just, like, a little bit too into it. Mm-hmm. That's something I've never, never quite, quite understood. What What do you think about that whole sequence? It was like the weird, like, Willy Wonka songs when they die. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I think I tend to agree. Like a you know, like in imitating Rankin Bass, they also get some of the creepiness of that. Which, but I feel like they're not hitting the cute enough, and they're mostly hitting the creepy. Hence, uh, you know, somewhere Tim Burton just got a boner. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that the uh, the Jack in the Box had a skeleton. 
No. Oh, that was... I don't... <laughs> I don't enjoy that either. Didn't enjoy that at all. Okay, I gotta say, I think this is where the episode starts growing on me. I immediately like, uh... The joke about public domain. Pierce <laughs> asks, it is, is it expensive to walk through here? And he says, oh, no, it's all public domain. <laughs> I think, um... We should just become a public domain podcast. Let's start rewriting The Great Gatsby on here every week. Okay. The Great Gatsby's public domain now. I really... Like, dude, so much stuff would be in the public domain. Like, wouldn't... Like, most of the Disney stuff would be public domain. Yep. But also... Like, I'm conflicted because also Disney owns the Muppets... And I also, like, Disney is the one that's stopping public domain, but also, like, it, if more stuff's public domain, it means more Muppets movies uh-huh. of public domain properties. I hope. I hope they make more of those. I really want Muppets Great Gatsby. I really just wanted to talk about Muppets Great Gatsby. Yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, someone someone online wrote the script oh, no. for it. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, um, I think Kermit is Gatsby in it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who everyone else is. I think it's, I think, I don't want to speculate. I was, But I kind of like to think that Gonzo is, uh, what's the main character's name? Or quote unquote main character? I don't know. Tom? Toby Maguire? No, Tom is the, Nick. Nick is the main character, technically. Anyways, um, this whole scene is, I, I like this. I actually like the Brita Bot song. I, I don't like the other songs, but I like the Brita Bot song. Um, I like the little moment with Troy and Abed and Annie and Abed, and I like Pierce only being there for the cookies. And then falling backwards down the slide. Yeah, like, look, if Pierce, like, if Chevy Chase... I think, that, you know, this is my proposal. This would have been best for all parties. Pierce should have been a hologram for the whole show. He should have been... They just had Chevy Chase come into a booth, work by himself, and just, you know, clock in his voice lines and go home. Not have to work with anyone else. You know, uh, I, I think that would be great. This is just such a great Pierce episode. We'll get into more of why I think that, but... This is what Pierce should be all the time. Just like kind of a silly old man. Mm-hmm. Instead of like a extremely problematic old man. Yeah, I agree. Okay. See, so I I like most of the train scene. And I especially like the Aben and Pierce moment at the end. Because how often is there... How often do Abed and Pierce even directly have a conversation with each other? Let alone, like, get to have a nice little moment together where Pierce is literally a teddy bear. Not often. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the teddy bear case, probably just this one time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand why that didn't happen more yeah, often. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, can't explain it. But, okay, what the, what the fuck is, like, physically happening... In this scene. Because at one point, Duncan says you're actually grabbing me in real life. So what is going on? Does Abed walk out of the room? No, I think they drag Duncan out of the room. 
Oh, I guess I could be. I just, I feel like I get very distracted by, by that fact. I think it's kind of like my same problem with... Because I tend to... I tend to like this episode far less than most other people like it compared to the other Christmas episodes, and I like the zombie episode, Epidemiology, far less than I like the other Halloween episodes compared to other people. And I think it's because they break my sense of reality a little bit too much. Because even for Abed, I think it's just like pushing it a little bit. But, but I do like... There's, like, nice themes here, you know, about that everyone has these difficult experiences around Christmas that they don't normally talk about. Like, they tie in Duncan's past, they tie in the fact that Pierce really has no one to go with, you know, for Christmas. The fact that, uh, you know, Abed, even though, like, it's not his religion, obviously still has an experience with Christmas, like, both culturally and, like, through his mom... And this is like where we tap back into some of these very early themes we learned about Abed in like Abed's very first like big episode. Um, and this is the first kind of real engagement with really what his relationship with his mom is outside of sort of that superficial first look we got in introduction to film. So I think. I think it's nice, and the little, you know, you get the little nods to, like, Annie and Troy's faith again. I think it's all nice, but I still think it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel like you could have had all the makings of, like, a very good episode without making it sort of so gimmicky. Yeah. All right. So in the end, Abed and Pierce go to the North Pole. Uh, and the meaning of Christmas is just right there in a box. And it's the, it's the first season of Lost on DVD. And that's it. That's the meaning of Christmas, baby. Episode over. What if, uh, just to like go with their theme of it representing a lack of payoff, what if, what if I just like press stop recording and just stopped and it's like ah first episode back and then we just like don't do story circle or anything just uh did you ever see lost i've seen parts of it do you see the first season yeah what happens at the end i don't remember okay i thought it was the end of lost that was like the lack of payoff i don't know okay I thought it was just because my understanding was like they just set up a bunch of stuff and then we're like, oh, yeah, no, it just wasn't real. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. It was a metaphor. OK, well, anyhow. So, yeah, I, I guess that that was a common thing with Lost. So that's the meaning of Christmas. But then uh, so Duncan shows back up. He. Now, I don't understand, like, why he really it does seem like. I mean, he, he, like, nominally, like, wants to get papers published about Abed, but, like, he could do that without ruining Christmas. Because mm-hmm. he wouldn't need to cure him. He could just ask him questions and hang out. 
But yeah, I guess it does seem like Duncan is like upset about his own association with Christmas and he's like taking it out on Abed. So I think Abed's right. And uh, but anyhow, the rest of the study group shows back up. They sing this song and they blow Duncan away and have a nice little Christmas together. And Abed comes back from planet Abed and they decide to just be stop motion for a little a little bit longer. And I th- this this part of the episode totally works for me pretty much. I mean, it pays off. Like in I think the song is fun. I think, you know, the message is nice of like oh, we can all engage each other in this delusion that like these cold months can be, you know, be the best months of the year no matter like what that best you know those best months mean to you um and that you can form new experiences and i think these are like things you know that everyone goes through many times in life and i think that's probably why people see so much relatability in this episode is this final message and maybe like the stop motion doesn't disgust them um but i mostly just see it here i i think I think the payoff is really strong here, but it's just like the rest was so annoying to meh for me. What do you think? Yeah. What, or what did you think about this end? I agree. I thought the, the ending was pretty good. Um, episode's definitely better than I remembered. So, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. It wasn't okay. bad at all, okay. really. Yeah. Uh, Want to check out the intake? Sure. Well, that's pretty good. Troy and Abed are stop motion again on purpose. Yeah. So, so they can eat food in stop motion. Makes sense. That's pretty much it. Not not the best end tag, but it's fine. Do you want to talk about the story circle? Sure. Welcome back, America. All right. Well, let me tell you about the story circle. The story circle is an adaptation of the hero's journey that takes place in eight steps. It was adapted for TV uh, by Dan Harmon, who pretty much uh, also known as the story embryo because they basically started all of the stories on community in this way, where a character starts in their comfort zone. They experience some need or desire that leads them to an unfamiliar situation that they have to adapt to. They eventually get what they wanted, but pay a price in order to return to comfort having changed. So what we do here is we try to track these characters' journeys um, through the course of the show and understand, you know, how they're how they're learning and growing over time in each episode. So Andre, let me ask you, uh, who do you think uh, changed in this episode? Um, good question the group as a whole yeah and and also Abed. oh yeah i thought oh actually yeah hold on let me ask you that i was supposed to ask you earlier but obviously i don't really remember how to do this whole podcast thing do you think that abed's uncontrollable christmas is a is a class Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah what Okay, so give me, like, the first few syllabus um, bullet points. Oh, God, I don't know. Like, what's, like, the mission statement of the class? I have no idea. It probably wouldn't be. 
Well, yeah, I got that. But I was hoping... I was hoping you could make a syllabus for... For Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. I don't know. I, I like... I like to think it's it's in like a meta way. It's just about this episode. Yeah, it's just they spend the whole whole semester talking it's, about this one. It's just a whole case study. Now you know somewhere like someone's made a class like that for like Seinfeld or some dumb shit like that. Like I'm sure there is some like college class out there somewhere where like there's a full semester class that's about like a single episode of Seinfeld or their friends or maybe the Sopranos. And it's only going to get worse as like the people in your generation grow up and start becoming college professors. Yeah. Okay. So, so you think Abed and the group as a whole? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was I was thinking. Cuz I don't feel like Duncan Duncan's really the only other major character cuz even though they each get their little character moments in this episode, I don't think any of them get like a real narrative arc and they're mostly like kind of relegated to their like I said their worst traits basically. And obviously like the whole episode is pretty much about Abed's journey, so obviously he gets one. But I do think, like, the group obviously has sort of a full circle moment when they all team up against Duncan, and then Duncan doesn't really learn anything. Uh, so let's just start from the full group, because that's easy. Um, I think they're in their comfort zone, like, starting from this very, like, normal Greendale cafeteria scene at the start until Abed says that everything is claymation. So they have a need slash desire to help Abed through this thing that they're very concerned about. That leads them to the unfamiliar situation of, uh, I guess, like just trying to figure out what the deal with Abed is here, like. Or, or having to put him through, like, an intervention. Um, that they... I think they adapt to by then... Engaging with... His... Uh, fantasy, or whatever you want to call it. By, like, basically entering his version of the world. And... I guess they... Do you think they get what they wanted? I think so. Because... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess... What point do you think that is? Um... I don't know. There at the end, maybe? Or, well... I don't know. I intuitively feel like it would be towards the end. It just feels like there's kind of a big jump. Because they don't... I feel like individually they don't get what they... 
they want. It's it's like when they're all separated apart into their different tropes, like they don't initially get what they want. But then like as a group they they do. I guess if I had to say it it'd be like They get what they wanted in the at the end they sort of break Abed out of his delusion but they paid the price like along the way in that they had to kind of confront all of their own egos and put that aside because i feel like that's what those like character deaths are in like in episode or or, or in abed's like fantasy is that they're confronting like their own worst quality and they have to confront that before they could could really help Abed through what he's going through. So I'd say they return to comfort like having realized the importance of I w- I would say it's like again like realizing the importance of functioning like as a group as a whole rather than like worrying about their own self-interest as much but again i think that thread is like a little murky and i i think the reason for that is by having to have a holiday episode some of that is just naturally lost because while like an episode like comparative religion the christmas episode from season one is like fairly kind of still a normal episode of the show that just takes place around christmas and sort of centers around like their different holidays like it's still ultimately about them and i'm not trying to say this isn't a character driven episode it obviously is but just like I think by having to do the Christmas thing and do the songs, you get less time where you would normally have character dialogue. So I just feel that this is a little murkier. And I I think Abed's will be a little clearer. But yeah, they... I think, yeah, I, 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 I feel like that's that's the way I see it. So it's sort of split up in... They don't really get what they want until the end and that they paid the price along the way as they're making their way across planet Abed. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Abed? Well, I guess the, the comfort zone is celebrating Christmas like normal. So, I guess the, the need or desire and unfortunate situation kind of same, like the, they have it at the same time, like, finds out his mom isn't coming, so he has the desire to celebrate Christmas another way, or like, get over that, so he adapts by, uh, Speaking to claymation. Yeah. Which is all like... 
It's interesting because the part you just said, this is kind of like the cool structure of it. And this is, okay, that's the way I could see the claymation being being cool is because it does hook you in that way of you're being dropped into Abed's unfamiliar situation or like his adaptation to his unfamiliar situation. You're being, you're being dropped into the middle of Abed's story really, because we then learn the beginning of his story circle sort of at the end. And so you're literally getting like dissonance as a viewer. Cause you're like sitting down in the middle of your, you know, time block after the office or whatever, expecting to see, or before I can't, you know, whatever you're expecting to see like more normal, like, um, uh, single cam sitcoms. And then it's like, what the hell? It's like this random, you know, Rankin Bass looking thing. So I think it's clever in that way. And that like, you're dropping the viewer into an unfamiliar situation that they're sort of you're then adapting to and like trying to figure out what's going going on just like the characters around Abed sort of are um but yeah I I agree with that part of it and then I think his story circle resolves at the same time as the whole study group does where he gets what he wants because he figures out that he can celebrate Christmas in a different way and it can still have just as much meaning as long as it means something to him. You know, it can mean whatever he wants it to mean. And, but I think he just paid the price of having to sort of go through the emotional turmoil of being able to, being able to confront that and being able to confront that like, just because his mom may have moved on or you know maybe not even moved on but just not want to like engage with that tradition anymore have her own new traditions he can form his own new traditions too and return to comfort by grounding himself back in reality and going from planet abed to the study room and now he's grown as a person and and you know he's able to re-enter reality and realize that, um, you know, really, in the end, what matters is not the ceremony or tradition of something, but the experience of being with other people. Yeah. And I think that's a nice message. Mm-hmm. But with that, what... Uh, what are your final thoughts? Uh, well, what did you learn? And what are your final thoughts? What would you rate the episode? Um, I learned that a Jack in the Box is a skeleton. Uh, and uh, overall, I'd say the uh, it was better than I expected. It kind of kind of grew on me. Uh, the longer it went on, um, and I'd uh. I'll give this one hmm. 4.57 oh shit yeah, higher than I expected but well, that's a lot higher than 
than I expected. Um, damn, okay. I feel like I'm still going to dump on this more than that, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm all also always surprised by this. I think it's just that when I initially sit down to watch it or when I'm like doing a rewatch of the show, this episode is so jarring and, and kind of annoying relative to the other episodes around it. Um, I like to watch it at Christmas when I'm watching lots of things that like align with the style and whatnot, but I don't know that Jeff animation is always going to rub me the wrong way. And you know, some of the songs are annoying and, and whatnot. As for what I learned, I think I learned the meaning of Christmas. Um, I also learned you shouldn't take therapy advice from Michael Jackson's dad. Didn't really turn out well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, season one of Lost, spending the coldest, darkest months with the people you love, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and that you should be there to support their friends and figure out what the real, what the real root of their problem is and how you can fix it rather than, you know, trying to, trying to focus head on, on their problem and, and kind of attack it. Um... So what I'd rate it, I don't want to accidentally, like, ah, uh, who knows? I have no idea what I rated anything anymore. I'll say it's like a 3.87 from me. Uh, so a big disparity, but it's a really good episode. It's just, you know, I've pretty much laid out my case <laughs> this time. Uh, but I agree that it did going into it. I feel like I would have thought I would have, I would have rated it lower. Uh, but I guess I'm just, I'm just a Grinch. I guess I am just a hater and I can't let people enjoy things. So that's what I learned today on this podcast. I don't, I don't really want to wrap it up, but you seem kind of tired kind of want to just run up the clock because this is going to be a pretty short episode what are we going to do i don't know just like give the people some content on the on the back end sometimes i feel like we have to go fast because people complain that this podcast is like three hours long mm -hmm. but then we need to get some I, I forgot we used to have guests on this podcast i should probably call some people Should we call LeBron? Let's do it. And now you said that like I was... I, I'm not going to do a LeBron impression. I don't think... You, you said it like I was setting up a bit. But yeah, let's call LeBron's... Let's call LeBron's agent. Uh, do you think Fauci has more time now? I don't think. If I shoot Fauci an email, do you think he's free now? <laughs> so yeah like he definitely has been on other podcasts do you think i should should i say we're a different podcast because they're not gonna check after the fact right like like what if i just say we're 
like a moderately successful podcast instead of like a uh like a I don't want to say we're an unsuccessful podcast, but we're kind of like the lower middle class of of podcasts. Yeah, I'd say so. Like we you know, we've made 37 episodes or wait, 36. This is 36. Right? I think so. Yes. We're in 36. So, like, that's more than most people make when they make a podcast. You know, this podcast is coming up on a year old. Do you know that? It is, yeah. Yeah. And we'll have made 100 episodes by then. I don't think so. You don't think so? What if we... if we record one every day. No, there's no. not that many days either. I don't even think if we recorded two a day. <laughs> let's just do a Twitch stream where let's do a subathon on Twitch. Okay. Do you do you have any plans for the next uh several hundred hours? Like What do they do when they do those? Have you heard about that? No. Like, oh, no, there was this guy who just streamed on Twitch for like 30 continuous days and he became the most subscribed person on Twitch ever. Wow. Yeah. Don't normally have this problem. I just, you know, I feel like the podcast is too short today. I've gotten too good at moving it along. If if we don't like talk about geography for thirty minutes uh, at the beginning, just moves along too well. Are you doing this on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. And no one else knows what I'm talking about when I say that. <laughs> I think people would be shocked to see the unedited versions of these episodes. It'd be horrifying. Like, I feel like people... Because sometimes I'll leave a bit of the silence in just to get some of the effect. But I don't think people understand, like, me just, like, staring at my blank waveform. And I know you're just sitting there staring at your blank waveform. Like, what's... What happens in your head during those times? Nothing. Okay. Alright. We can wrap up the episode. Uh, but I think we'll be back that... Uh, I think we'll be back next week this time. You know. Um, well, hey, if you liked this podcast, there's many, uh, many other episodes like it. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go over there on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate. Give us a review. It really helps out the podcast. Uh, go to our Twitter, which is our favorite form of social media. That's at Dom and Andre Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Dom and Andre Podcast. Um, Tell your friends, tell your enemies, anyone who likes uh, community or just uh, two white dudes talking. You should tell them 
This is the premier two white dudes podcast. Um, uh, www.dominandre.com uh, and patreon.com slash Pod. Hopefully there will be more stuff uh, there soon, too. With that, I'm Dom. I'm honored. And this is Dom and Andre in the morning. Goodbye. Goodbye.